Hey everyone, thanks so much for coming back to my episode. I have officially hit the 200 mark. Whoop! Let me just say I am excited to share this next episode with you and the next ones going forward. If I haven't mentioned it already, I just want to say I am so grateful for the people who are listening and sending me good feedback and who are really learning something from all of this as much as I am. As I introduce the next host, and maybe you've seen or heard about it on my Instagram or wherever, Rona Mirimi is such an inspiration. Let's get into the topics of the feminine inquisitiveness and what we should know and where to go from here. So uh, stick around and do enter the giveaway, which is open to South Africans. And for the rest of you, Learn something new. Share it with another gal, female, partner, whoever it is. I know that this will be a lot to take in, but something we all need to learn. So, enjoy! I'm Rona Marimi and I am a fertility awareness educator and reproductive health coach and I'm selling menstrual cups. I have five different brands and I'm always on the look for new ones. Uh, I'm also selling and consulting women which one would be best for them and I have um, 100% organic cotton cloth pads. I'm selling yoni steams. I'm making yoni steams, making yoni eggs, uh, not making the yoni eggs, uh, selling yoni eggs. And basically, you can ask me any question and I'm about women's health and I'm happy to try and answer them. Oh. That's what I'm doing. Yes, that is such a great benefit and why I found you so amazing because I think that you have so many insights and thank you for being on Relatable Content. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for um, doing another episode because I just want to share why this took so long (laughs) because um, I decided to record my first episode with you (laughs) in Musenberg. In a quiet place. In a very quiet place, surrounded by beautiful things like trains. (laughs) And tracks. And buses. Yeah, that's too. It was a joke, but it was a beautiful day. So thank you for joining me on that day. And thank you. To becoming a a fertility awareness educator. Okay, so you can also say FAM. Yeah. Fertility awareness method of yeah um my journey actually start quite sad because i was on the pill for many many years and i had a boyfriend well he didn't know then that he's a boyfriend but later he found out that he's my boyfriend and i've decided that it's time for us to have sex i was um, a responsible teenager and went to another city to another town because everybody knew my parents to get a prescription for um, the pill. I got the prescription and they didn't even, he didn't even look in my eyes when he wrote that. And I started being on the pill 
Um, for many years. Fast forward, um, just before I wanted um, to get pregnant, I stopped the pill. Um, I get pregnant immediately. The minute I could, <laughs> my body just got pregnant. Mm. Um, but I had a miscarriage. Mm. And then um, I got pregnant again and I had health syndrome and I had a delivery, a C, an emergency C-section uh, at 33 weeks uh, to a child who is now 10 years old, very active and healthy. And then I had another two miscarriages and another child was born at 32 weeks. Um, just before I got pregnant with him, I found out that actually I have a blood condition that causes my blood to clot. Um, and in fact, I was not allowed to be on the pill during those many, many years that I was on the pill because it was life-threatening for me. And whoever um, read the side effects of the pill and what's, who is not allowed to take the pill, one of them are people who has um, any blood condition like that. Yeah. So I had my son, my second one, at 32 weeks, um, and I fell pregnant again, <laughs> and again I had a miscarriage, and I was on the go to check and, for, and to look for something different for me, because obviously hormones I couldn't take, and I wouldn't. Um, actually, I had to ask my doctors to check why I'm having all those miscarriages, and this is how they found it. It's not like they said to me, hmm, you know what, maybe you should go and have a blood test. No one even dared or asked me to do something in all those years that I was on the pill. And this is how I found FEM. This is how I found fertility awareness. And I must say, at the beginning, I said to myself, mm, I'm not sure this is for me. It's so much work. It sounds like so much work. And we are con not, con not um, taught. We are not conditioned to trust ourselves. Like, if there's anything about fertility, we should go and talk to the doctor, right? Because... Mm they know better so it sounded to me like mm, i don't think i can do that and the more i read and the more i digged in that i said mm, that sounds so fascinating i i have to try it and when i came to my uh, gil um i hate to say husband um, and told him that he said i know i don't think so i said well you can go and have a sectomy because that's what i'm going to have to do and he didn't trust it either for a long time but he had to trust me eventually yeah. <laughs> and this is what we are doing for the last six years now successfully right. just monitoring both of your um well you're monitoring your fertility and he's mm -hmm. monitoring his what would you call it Nothing. He, yeah. he basically doesn't have to do much. I'm checking yeah. my fertility signs every single day. It takes me about two minutes in total, maybe three. Um, it is. It did started a whole new conversation between us. Like, okay, what are we going to do now on my fertile days? Like, yeah. because 
penis vagina is not it's out of the question if we don't want to get pregnant yeah abstinence like they teach us no, in school no no funny enough the days that you are fertile are the days that you want sex the most of so course. abstinence is out of the question <laughs> well interesting so obviously you would recommend um well yeah just doing the fam correct just being aware and what Actually, being aware of what you can do when you're fertile is also something very interesting. I read, um, is it considered fertile? Perhaps you can answer this question. I was reading the four stages of a cycle, of a woman's cycle, and on each one it said what you're good at and what you can do. But it didn't say what you can do when you're fertile it just said that what kind of person you are have you ever seen mm. the quadrant yes. of different ones yes yes of course i've seen a lot of them and they are always they are looking at those different phases of our cycle and like um the seasons of the of the year as well yeah and yeah so during the fertile wave we call it um we do many other stuff like mm. oral sex like yeah. um you can have sex but then you can have like using a condom yeah but then you need to know that um the efficiency rate of the barrier method that you're using there are different uh, there are other barrier methods like a fem cup like diaphragm unfortunately you cannot find them in south africa that's crazy that's crazy if somebody wants okay. them and um, you always have to use them in combination with spermicide okay. not alone that would increase its efficiency rate um but there are many things one can do that because sex is not just that yes so important and it's actually beautiful that you say that because i've recently watched or seen the series um sex education on netflix which you told me you're also watching and it was such a in, an interesting series to watch because one i didn't think i'd ever watch a show called that and two <laughs> i learned so much and it's such an, an honestly beautiful experience at 25 that I can still learn these things that I could have been learning when I was 12. <laughs> yes, like, no, we are not taught those things. Yeah, but now we are, and so bless Netflix. So well done, Netflix. <laughs> well done, Netflix. Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant series. I wanted to talk about infertility, because you did say you, you do fertility. Does that encompass infertility as well? Um, well, infertility is such a huge topic mm -hmm. because um, there well depends on the reason yeah. why this infertility happens. Some sometimes it's because of pickup because to other conditions like endometriosis. Yes. Sometimes, many times, stress has a lot to do with that. If yeah. somebody is really, really stressed, then her body will say, okay, this is not a great time to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. You are too stressed. We, are, we need also to re remember that we are, at the end of the day, we are mammals. Yeah. And if 
a lion it's staying in, in front of us so our body will shut down and we said okay what do we need now for survival obviously not to have sex and um, get pregnant right yeah. and our body works that way now we are in our modern life we don't our body doesn't know to say it's a lion or my boss uh, I hate my boss <laughs> or I hate my job or I'm on a holiday that's all of those all of these situations are stressors for our body mm-hmm. so if our body is stressed then it would say okay not the right time once the time is right then I might get pregnant so it, there are so many reasons for infertility and um, and once you start tracking your cycle and learning fertility awareness and understanding what the keys the the biomarks that your body gives you you actually can see oh I don't have enough cervical fluid which is very important for fertility because that's how the sperm can go to how sperm reaches um, the egg. So, hmm, maybe we need to do that. Oh, I have some imbalance between progesterone and estrogen. Maybe we can work on that. Um, maybe, you know, and then you can see what's happening. So, sometimes there is an unexplained um, problem and sometimes IVFs are the answer. What is But, IVF? Sorry? What does it stand um, for? In, uh, internal uh, external um, semin- insemination oh yes okay so that is another option for when you could be infertile is that what I'm understand yes and then okay. they like um, induce you to make to uh, grow your follicles and they have their uh, ways okay and so, does that yeah. have anything to do with fibrosis? that it also can be treated okay and not uh, through it, some um is it, and you're saying it can be treated by just becoming more conscious of your well fibrosis some needs more attention okay. and there are protocols how one can work with that okay. by the way ivf stands for a uh, inverter fertilization um can can help with fibroids um Okay. So, but that's condition that I would go and check with a naturopath or um, somebody like that because it's just more advanced and it's out, a little bit out of the scope of my practice. Yeah, I guess you'd have to go to a doctor first to find out that you have that issue in the first place. So yes. You can't just be like, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have this today. <laughs> Yeah, oh. um, I'm now working with somebody who has fibrosis. Um, And we are doing some yoni stimming, but that alone is not enough. But that okay. can help. Based off uh, fertility and infertility, are there illnesses that you um, perhaps deal with or facilitate with in your practice? Anything um, related to, obviously, the reproductive system and our bodies as women? Because I'm assuming you also work with women, correct? I also I work a lot with women. Okay. Um, I'm not an MD or GP or anything, so I can I can help with the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. I can see if somebody we can do all all kind we can try all kind of things, but if we see that there is like a thyroid issue or, or adrenal issue or something else, 
I, I would rather her go and get medical uh, treatment. Yeah. And blocked tubes? Have you heard of... I'm, blocked I'm tubes. A... Yes, I've heard of that. Of that. I also know that uh, in, I heard, I haven't tried or treated, some woman had an amazing um, results by yoni steaming as well. Okay. It was blocked by old blood residue. Okay. Tubes are... Is old blood stuck in your tubes? Not always. Okay. Could be anything. Not always. Yeah. Sometimes they need just to open the, the, the tube. So, and that I can do, obviously. Also something I didn't know, but yoni steaming could be something that the person could actually look into. Mm. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Not so, alone, because we don't really know what blocks it. Yeah. Um... And in that case, would you actually refer them to go see a gynecologist? Is that something a gynae would have to be involved with? Yeah, um, um, block tubes, yes. Yeah, okay. So on that note, and on gynees and doctors, um, why do you think that it's actually important for a female or woman to track their cycle? Oh, there are so many reasons. Okay, first of all, our cycle is a mirror to our overall health every cycle. So if something is a bit off, we can see that by our charts. And that's one reason, because if there is a problem with our thyroid, because our body works together, it's like an it's an ecosystem, it's like an orchestra. So if something is not working somewhere well, that would reflect on our hormones and that would ref reflect in our cycle. And so you can actually start in looking at your health and you can find um, issues or conditions be before they even start to become a pathology which is incredible and important. The other thing that once you, when you start charting or understand your cycle, you also understand the different hormones and how they worked on, work on our body and how they influence our body and our emotions and uh, our well-being and yourself better. Mm. Because if you know that under the influence of estrogen you are more talkative, more uh, vivid, more whatever, and under the influence of progesterone you are more in yourself with your own thoughts um, so you also can schedule different stuff. I feel different, yeah. and usually I ha always a little bit picky with my husband after I've ovulated. Before I ovulate, I'm like very lovey dovey. <laughs> yeah, I think um, we actually we're cycle sisters, Rona, because that's the same thing that happened to me. <laughs> Have you heard of cycle sisters? Yes, yes, yes. Of course, I had a roommate. <laughs> And you haven't had a cycle sister, then you should probably be in a room as another woman. And the chances of your periods lining up is very likely. Is that true? Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I think it starts from the time that we 
um, were in tribes and we were in the red tent and all the women were together and I'm sure they all were menstruating together and ovulating together and they went to go to the red tent together yeah. and have fun together there like fun talking and on their last day maybe <laughs> because <laughs> I, t- I shared the story with someone that was um that i would love to go to a space where someone another woman is experiencing what i'm going through and she's like you know what i would just want to sleep and i laughed because i was like that's true you'll probably want to sleep but sleep in a tent with another woman <laughs> yeah but sleeping with another woman it's like in a tent like that it's you're you always start talking and you find so many things to share suddenly and to talk about. I can tell you that I had um, uh, a Facebook group. I still have it. It started f- about, from women wanting to talk about sex. Yes. Um, and over, it's a group from overseas. Can we were, join this group? We, no, 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 okay. no. It was, it's from overseas. Okay. Um, we wanted it to be clo- quite small. <laughs> now we are only 40. Okay. And it's now five years. I'm telling you, we are not talking about sex. Yeah. We are talking about everything. All day. <laughs> oh, and so I was just saying to a friend as well that I don't have that space to do that with. So perhaps I need a creator group of just females that want to share anything really. Um, yeah. Or find out if someone knows and they want to share that with me. Please do. I would love to be a part of a female only. Group. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to be that. <laughs> yes. I was starting a group, Rona. <laughs> um, I actually. I'm there. You're there. I'm there. <laughs> yes. We can have cycle talks. The ceremony of bleeding. I actually read um, about that and the red tents and how Kenyan women did. It's not mm. just them. I think it came from long, long time ago. I think yeah. it even came from the Bible. Yeah. What is a contraception option for a female and where does natural contraception come in? There are lots of contraceptives for women. Um, I'll start which ones are, so the hormonal ones would be the pill and the injection, which for me, I think that's the worst, and the patch, and Novaring. Um, I think that is it from the hormonal ones. Non-hormonal is the copper IUD. There are, there is also um, condoms and the diaphragm and femcap. Um, and the fertility awareness method, which is completely natural. The only one? Um, sorry? The only completely natural option. Yes, the, but under the umbrella of fertility awareness base, I'm sure you've heard of the rhythm method, which it is thought to be a, um, a natural one, but it has nothing to do with our body. It is just a calculation. That's why it is really not, it doesn't have really good efficiency rates. Um, the ones that are, um, you're checking yourself every single day that it's a daily practice, those ones are the ones that have very good efficiency rates. Um, 
so for me, I obviously can't take any hormones, but once one understands how her body works and understand that she can monitor her own fertility, then I don't see why one wouldn't want that. Yeah. Well, I also think um, at a younger age, women can... I mean, I think we're so conditioned to think that convenience is key, right? And the pull is probably the most convenient thing that I've ever tried, and I'm sure women will agree to, and that could yeah. cause resistance to try other forms. Yeah, it is convenient. I won't say it's not convenient, but what are the risks? Is it worth taking all the risks? Because there are so many risks and so many side effects to the pill. And I'll go back to the uh, injection, which is also called Depo-Provera. Any other can stop it whenever you want. But the injection, once it's in your bloodstream, there's nothing you can do for three months. It's there. It's done. And if you have, if you start suffering from side effects, tough life. That's what it is. It is also a drug that is given to pedophiles to castrate them in the States. What? Yes. To castrate males. Pedophiles. Yeah, I mean, yes, very important. <laughs> yeah. Not all men. Oh, <laughs> okay. Wow, very interesting. It's yeah, and it has proven that this specific um, uh, contraceptive um, can cause serious uh, loss of bone density. Mm. And the FDA actually made the manufacturer to make a black. Uh, a black box, you know, like on cigarettes, you have that black box yeah. with a um, with a risk in big. So the same thing they made the manufacturers to do on the box of the Depo Provera, and to say that it is a high risk for loss of bone density. Which Did they be? take it off the shelves? No. Why? I I don't know. Does any woman who gets that shot knows about that? Probably not. Yeah. They don't even see the box if they're getting it from a doctor. I'm sure the doctors say it, just like the doctors say, you know, oh, you know the side effects, oh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's if they of... say something. Oh, yeah. So please, when you go to your doctors, know and ask questions. I would say go in, go informed already to the doctor. Yeah. Do your research, like you told me. Yeah. Don't trust the doctors to tell you. Yeah. Agreed. And... Mm -hmm. You said there are many risks, and one of them I had a question about was miscarriage. Do you think it is a contribution to miscarriages? Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure there is some link to that. Um, I'm sure there is some reason why, because obviously it takes time for your body to get back to its balance and to its optimal health because once you are on the pill and you digest it it also compromises your gut health and gut health is so important and your liver and because that's what clear the uh, hormones out of your body um, helps to clear them it not, doesn't go from the liver obviously and um, so I'm sure there is some something I can't really tell the link 
Uh, I'm sure for me that's the miss the first miscarriage I had was due to that. Wow. Um, it was like I get pregnant two weeks after I stopped the pill and I had the miscarriage. So I'm quite sure that my body still wasn't really ready for that after so many years of um, artificial hormones. How many years um, did you tell me more or less? Sorry? How many years did you say you were under? I would say I was about 16 years. Wow. And is that common that uh, people who are on the pill for that long um, struggle to fall pregnant? Uh, it's not uncommon, yes, yeah. because um, there are many reasons to that. One of them would be, obviously, if somebody starts taking them while she they are teenagers and it takes time for your hormones to balance. It takes up from the first period you get, it's, which is called menarche. Sorry, when the first period you get is called? Menarche. Um, so until you can say that uh, your hormones are balanced, it might even take 10 years. Wow. So if in the process you start taking the pill, what the pill does basically shuts down all your reproductive system. It just breaks how our cycle works. It's a communication between your brain and your reproductive system, your ovaries for that matter. So it breaks this communication. So I, I don't know why people say it has no effect <laughs> if something <laughs> breaks communication between your brain We're and your ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> we know this. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, and I, I can tell you amazing research that have been done in and amazing new studies about the uh, side effects of the pill, but that's for another question. No, you can send it to me. Let's let's make it clear for people who are lying to themselves that, you know, I mean, you can obviously you're not lying to yourself. If you need that option and whatever socioeconomic situation you're in, Cool, but if you want to be aware, there's links. <laughs> or at least know the side effects. Know yes. what you're getting yourself into yeah. and know how you can balance that. Anyway, going back, so if you are on the pill for so many years, so and once you stop the pill, basically what happens is your body goes back to the last time to where it stopped. So if you went you went on the pill because you had lots of acne on on your on your face, then it will go back because you haven't treated the problem. You just shut it down. If you went on the pill because you had irregular periods, then it went it will go back to there because this is where last time it was, and yeah. you haven't dealt with that. Yeah. So these common <laughs> symptoms of taking it in the first place is likely to come back and uh, people need to know, women need to know that they're just hiding their problems by taking something. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah exactly. But also that might also cause other issues that are a little bit more severe because in our cervix we have quips, it's like small foldings that secrete different types of cervical fluid, which is a key factor for fertility. And one, and they are, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than what I'm saying, but one of those types is only being formed during our, 
once we start uh, getting our periods and under the influence of estrogen. But if we shut that down, those folds can or either atrophy, atrophy, like start stop working or go, or just um, diminish yes. or not not be there anymore mm -hmm. uh, or not formed. Okay. And then once you uh, stop the pill, what might happen that either they won't be formed again, mm -hmm. which is bad news, yeah. or it will take time. And if you want to get pregnant like now, it might take time. Yeah. I mean, one of my colleagues said that she was preparing herself to fall pregnant, so she stopped the pill a few months, so that in a few months she can start falling pregnant. I do think, in a way, we can gain that back, yeah. but we need to be aware how to what to work on and how to do that, and yeah. yeah. Very, very interesting. I actually heard someone um, say that she's very sensitive about her weight gain, and she was on the pill and she suffers from uh, PCOS and she's just so embarrassed and people are often making comments about her weight and she doesn't want to talk about the fact that she has a fertility it's it's linked to her fertility as well and weight gain is that something you discuss? Weight gain um, it, it's part of this condition so we discuss that but there are but PCOS often, most of the cases, would be a symptom. Yes. So usually, many times we can see that what is the the, the condition itself would be insulin resistance, mm -hmm. and the weight gain can be I won't say treated. I I would rather say um, controlled or by diet, exercise, yeah. and things like that. Um, people who are insulin resistant, they should should have a very strict diet, and we work on that as well. Yeah, so you can um, facilitate and help women in that. I can, I can, I can help until one, like, not like full spectrum of health. Yeah. But there are things that can help. Yeah, and it's so good to even if it's just support in doing this because you know we can't only rely on our partners to make you feel the way you need to feel or that are uneducated on it or you yourself don't know. So how are you expecting your partner to perhaps yeah support you? So yeah, very very nice to have someone that can help you through this process and that's educated. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I can I can help like in knowing and supporting obviously. Mm. Sure. Yeah. And with on the topic of menstruation um and falling pregnant and I mean the same topic it can be so broad. <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about the FDA which is Federal Drug Administration. Yeah. And they are um if I'm not mistaken the products which are classified as hygiene products or sanitary um, products that we commonly use such as pads and tampons? Mm, kind of. I, I have a lot to say about the FDA <laughs> and 
and I wouldn't really trust everything they are doing and I really recommend you to see on Netflix and the movie The uh, Bleeding Edge mm. how the FDA gets their um, uh, how they um, release things to the market yeah. mm, that's horrible yeah. Um, also with the cup, menstrual cups, um, they have like a very weird uh, process that if a cup, it's, they, get, they give uh, the silicone the approval. So if somebody brings the, a cup which is a little, the same design as something they have approved, they will approve it regardless. Uh, very weird and I wouldn't trust if somebody says to me FDA approved I would like okay it at the FDA <laughs> yeah and they ha they are controlled by so many interests and conflicting interests and like one of the um, pharma CEOs worked works now at the FDA and mm. versa versa and things like that so I don't really trust them. Yeah, so that is, goes perfectly with my question. I was going to ask you if you feel that these products are safe for women to use because this, these products, I'm including pads as well, um, which mm. don't classify their, their ingredients. Um, well, they don't need to state that they are um, what types of ingredients they have because the FDA owns the right to not disclose that information. And that's why part of the reason that most of the cups that I uh, work with, the brands, have more than a FDA approval. Mm -hmm. So, for example, they would also have the Australian um, uh, health, uh, whatever they call the TGA or T something like that approval or the European approval so I would always I always look for a little bit more than just the FDA because I don't really trust the FDA yeah for sure yeah no you have to check to look to see the the bleeding edge it's like you will step you will phone me and say Mona it's unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> I want another cup <laughs> <laughs> why I'm um, speaking of cups cup though, me, cup me. <laughs> what are what are cups? Um, what why have you seen an increase in these eco cups that you sell? And what are they? Sorry. What are the cups? I'm selling the Iris cup. It's a Spanish brand. I'm selling the Lunette. It's from Finland. Um, the Mirula from Germany. Um, the Ruby, which is also a Spanish brand, but they work in the in the UK. And Yuki, Yuki, uh, Yuki from the Czech Republic. And why um, have you seen an increase in these products? The need for these. Products? I think there is more awareness. Mm. <laughs> you are doing a wonderful job. Thank you. I'm doing enough research on your website. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so there is more awareness and there are so many benefits for the cups over tampons and pads that I think that women um, or people start to understand that tampons and pads, disposable ones, are not great for their body, yeah. are not great for their pocket. Mm. Um, really? And 
I was reading, um, uh, I think, different websites as I was planning for this episode, and an average woman uses about 18 pads on a cycle, and that was on Planned Parenthood, or I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. actually sure, and 18 times for the regular person, times 12. Do the maths, um, and how many years will we probably go through this? That's fine, I'll have my pa- my cup for how many years? <laughs> 10 years, more or less? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's in, it, and if we think that that's an, an amazing, actually an amazing information or piece of information. If you think that a tampon takes between 500 to 800 years to disintegrate in the soil. Mm-hmm. So basically the first tampon that's ever been developed is still being disintegrated. Even if it's cotton? Well, even, no, if it's cotton, no, but I'm talking about the synthetic ones. I wonder when the first (laughs) tampon was actually created. Um, The modern tampon was invented in 1929. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a very... But think about the applicators that are made from plastic yeah. and think about the process they went through like with all the chemicals Which and is very the popular. bleach. Especially Sorry? the applicator ones I think are very popular. We don't have them as much here but in the States it's everywhere. I was a victim yeah. to being advertised. You know, it wasn't me, it was them. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to touch your vulva. Yes. What other products do you sell online? Because I know you saw the pads and the cups. And the Yoni Steam and the Yoni Balm and the Yoni um, Egg and pads. And my um, fertility um, or fertility awareness method classes. Um, and yeah, I think. And I'm selling, I will be selling soon Queen Anne's Lace which yes. is uh, the emergency contraceptive. If you hadn't, um, then you can have... Yes, I'm <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm also making natural deodorants and natural sunscreen and natural body butters and amazing massage body butter. And I'm selling those ones, the body massage butters, for to um, physiotherapists and massageuses. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll definitely recommend that to some physiotherapists because they're always buying um, the ones in the store and I think your beautifully naturally scented ones are quite nice. I can. They are amazing. Yes. They are really, really great. Once you start using them, they are. I'm using my Mandarin scented deodorants, by the way. What is the perception or the feeling you get when you explain what you do to women, how do they respond? Um, I I wish I can show that yeah. to the audience, but it's something like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm so glad I can see you because we're we're video calling. But that's yeah. it. <laughs> I um, see. And and then they like look at me like I'm that a little bit weirdo and a bit crazy. Mm. And then they have like a question about their daughter, have a question about them and they phone me and slowly, okay, maybe I will do your course and yeah. 
Okay, which is another, you said that you have a course and it's available online. You have workshops coming up as well. It's all online yes. based, correct? Well, um, I have now one that starts on the 11th of February, but that's uh, sold out. And I have another one starting on the 21st of April, which is also online. But I have another one at the end of March in the northern suburbs. And anyone um, can apply? Is there still spaces open for that? Yes, I haven't advertised it yet, so oh, wow. still, so still some space space for that. Um, I'm only taking like six or seven at a time mm. because I like to have them small and intimate. So that's for now until April, and I'm supposed to have another one, a Claremont area, mm. but we'll see about that. Okay. And if anyone is interested in having a workshop, obviously they can contact you, and they can do group workshops consultation. Yes. so if they have like a bunch of friends that they want together by all means i'll be happy to do that sure wow, and uh, a course is 1550 rand um if it's in a group okay. and they get four sessions of an hour and a half to two hours each session Three months later, we meet again privately, and they have one-on-one, -on -one 45 minutes with me, and we look at their charts and any questions. Obviously, during this time, they always can WhatsApp me. I get lots of WhatsApp uh, images of cervical fluid and all kinds of things. Ooh. We don't need yeah. to share those. <laughs> Sorry? I was going to say, we can share them. Nope, not happening. <laughs> Great, so you do welcome all messages. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, what's up Let's show me. Yeah. So, <laughs> I actually, in one of my uh, courses I had, I, <laughs> I sent them, and it was a fronted one. I said, go to the toilet, go check. <laughs> oh, just to make sure. I love that. Honestly, women need to feel more comfortable, and especially we can feel more comfortable around other women, I think. so. We should. Yeah. I mean, not everyone can, but yeah, I'm so happy that there is an option. Um, mm -hmm. And what about men? You said that women are like, oh, yes. And men? Men? Oh, interesting. And then they go to another yeah, subject. Not interested, really. <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not about them. It's not if they have nothing to do with that. You know, it's our responsibility. Mm. And yeah. Very interesting. What we what speaking about yonis though? Um, can you just explain what a yoni is and what a yoni egg is and yoni steaming and what is yoni? Please just <laughs> okay. <laughs> yoni is a Sans Sanskrit um, um, Sanskrit um, word for sacred place. Hmm. It comes from India many, many years ago, um, decades ago. And this is how they call our vulva, vagina, reproductive system, like yoni. It's like a sacred space, a sacred place. And the equivalent, the penis, the, the phallus, would be lingam in the Sanskrit. So when we're talking about yoni steam or yoni eggs or yoni balm for that matter, um, we refer to like uh, like yoni egg would be a small egg made from um, stone, usually 
most of the times, but not always, would be from jade that we insert in our vagina and we worked uh, we work our muscles sometimes we our vaginas and obviously also our cervix um held lots of trauma and tension and uh, and that's an amazing way to heal if someone gave birth and she has like a prolapse or that's another way she can strengthen her muscles um, it increases uh, libido, increases blood flow into our uh, yoni, and that can increase our pleasure from orgasms. Um, if somebody has, and on the other side, if somebody has a very tight muscles, working just the other way around, like instead of holding that, like releasing, that can help her release the tension in her muscles because we also don't want our vagina to be too stuck in, in spasm like too tight right and i find that sometimes when i insert the, the yoni egg in the morning for that matter and i go out and about and from time to time i contract my muscles it kind of grounds me and it's really great and also sometimes I go to sleep with it and it does like a really gentle work while I'm sleeping. Yeah. Sometimes during the night I would like, okay, I had enough and I'll take it out. Um, but it's an amazing work and on my website you can find exercises one can do. Well, I'll definitely include that for people to um, find out more but also I want to include the giveaway we have decided to do and mm -hmm. very exciting because I see that people want the menstrual cup and your the, your education on what it is and openness to tell people is I think what's exciting so um, what what is the giveaway so we are giving a rub cup and once we announce the one that who won it we need to know the size mm -hmm. and the color yeah. There are five colors. Uh, Ruby Cup is a Spanish brand. Um, they um doing amazing things for the society as well. They gave back. Uh, for every cup they are um, selling, they are donating one cup for a girl in need in Africa. They also hire disabled people and they make those uh, period pillows. Period pillows um, to warm... Your to warm your, your tummy when if you have like cramps or something. Um, so we decided to give one ruby um, um, to those who are sharing our post and liking us. And, yeah. and the competition is actually open until the uh, next Monday. So there's one more mm. week. And hopefully... Hurry up. <laughs> yes. Tag whoever you want things can learn from this episode I think and that's what what why we decided to do it because there's so much you can learn in this last hour that I think is going to be enough to want people to want more and I'm excited <laughs> for more if they're keen <laughs> yeah well I'm happy to come whenever you need me <laughs> oh, amazing and uh, lastly do you think there's any spaces for women to talk about these things online offline in Cape Town around the world when it comes to these topics? I think it starts, yes. I think that we are doing 
me and my colleagues, we're, we, it starts. Not enough. And I find that many women actually are grossed to talk about, and they would not talk about those things because they would say that it's private and she doesn't, they don't want to share that with others. And I actually think for discussions and talks about that because we don't know and we tend to think like PMS are normal because nobody is talking, nobody is telling, no, it's not normal. You are not supposed to faint when you get your period. You are not supposed to be in bed because you can't move on your period. But we are led to understand that we have to. And if you go to the doctor, they'll just say, no, it's normal. Just take the pill. It will reduce the symptoms rather than take care of you. So we have to discuss that with us, with ourselves and to understand what's normal and what's not. And there's like, I I actually don't know why. Well, I do know where the, this taboo starts when, from. But, and I'm reading, by the way, an amazing book now but I'll share it with you later. Okay. So I think it's, it starts. I, I think that there is a place now. I think that the atmosphere is brewing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if anyone wants to um, start with us as well and like share their journeys or their knowledge and wisdom and would love to connect with other women that want to experience that too, they are welcome to join our circle. <laughs> Yes, yes, please. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for this and your time. I can't wait to discover more with you. Well, you're welcome. It was a pleasure again. <laughs> hey, it's me again. I'm just checking to see how you felt about that episode. If I helped you or supported you or made you love it even more, let me know, please. You can head over to the Instagram post that I have just uploaded, especially for today's episode, and let us know what you thought of it. Did it help you? Did it add value to your lives? Would you share it with someone? And most importantly, go enter the giveaway. The giveaway is open for three more days, and you can also enter via my website, farhanasadguru.com, or check out my Instagram for links and find out how you can support relatable content because these episodes are tailored and created exactly for the women in and around the world we live in and really exciting times. So don't forget to contact me if you'd like to be on the next episode and that's it from me to you.